This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Uh, I've done some bragging in the past on this podcast, and most of it I think I abandon and jettison. Some of the law brags I think I'll stand behind. Come fucking find me, anyone who thinks they're better than me in my space. Yet to meet anyone, you know, not expecting to meet anyone. About another 40 years, so anytime in the next few decades you want to come test me. Best of luck, champ or champs. Uh, there's one other brag that I'm pretty happy to stand behind, um, Shag, and it's a parenting brag. And I had a recent uh, parenting success where we've got a number of uh, dogs in the house, that number is two. Uh, one of them's highly intelligent uh, terrier and one of them's a more new addition. And they are often referred to in a negative way intelligence-wise. They're often told that they're stupid or that they're dumb and and, and they are, frankly, in comparison <laughs> to the more intelligent dog. But it rubs with me, right? This is not the sort of language I want to hear thrown around in front of my children. I don't want to hear sort of intelligence insults. Like intelligence bullying is the worst kind of bullying. makes me very unhappy. And so... My minor parenting victory was to try to reclaim the intelligence of the of of this younger dog named Ron um, by voicing him. Shag, you would probably voice voice the uh, the four legged members of your family from time to time, and I regularly voice Ron. And he's decided that he's founded a university, and so I'm reclaiming his intelligence <laughs> in that he's a professor. And so every morning he'll have reached a new discovery. And his most recent discovery was the galaxy equation where he explains in a very funny voice, uh, Shag, that space plus the universe multiplied by time equals the galaxy, which is, which is what he's figured out. And I knew it was a triumph when um, our eldest golden child related to my co-parent. Oh, you'll never guess what Ron was saying today. He can't even tell the difference between what dog food is and human food is. And I realized we've reached the point where the idea that Ron and I are the same person has just completely left and the voice that Ron uses to move through the house is entirely distinct from me. And so that's my parenting win. <laughs> so, Shag, that's an unabashed victory. I'm now going to ask for some feedback because if you know, you know Shag's perfect weekly playlist um, where he pumps out 20 songs a week of new music every week has reached its top 40. It's a highlight of the year. Um, me and everyone in our household got really excited to hand it down. You need to go check the... If you know, you know, I-K-N-Y-K, Top 40 2022 playlist on Spotify and on Apple. It's a fabulous playlist. And Shag, just establishing your expertise, uh, I need to tell you a minor story and ask for some feedback. 
I don't think I've spoken once in this episode, but yeah, let's keep going. I'm trying to hit, like, I'm trying to hit you with content because I feel like I do the heavy lifting at the start and then you do all the work through the whole fucking podcast. So I'm just trying to set them up for you to just ease in. <laughs> I'm always anxious for you to have the most easy start to the podcast. I'm like, Shag might lose interest in this podcast one day. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you. Sorry for interrupting. Continue. No, no, no. I want to have a gentle on-ramp. So Shag, everyone in my immediate team, so like, Law firms are lots of very small businesses glued together, essentially, each of these little teams. And my team has like young sort of culturally forward people in it. And we were going to our end of Christmas lunch and one of them said, hey, I'll drive there. And I said, well, cool, you manage your own affairs and that's fine. They picked us up at the front of the building. We hopped in the car and it was like literal music at full volume. You know, the cliche of like drive past at the lights and someone's playing music yeah. at full volume. It was it was full volume. You okay. couldn't hear anything else other than okay. And the phone was passed back to say, hey, who wants to DJ? And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. Um, Shag, you know, courage favors the brave. Yeah. And I said, yeah, okay. So I had time for three songs. And Shag, this is what I'll ask for, for feedback from you on. Can I, can I just straight out and set this yes. up and say, mm. that is always a really hard task. Yep. Because more often than not, people have bad taste in music. I'm not, mm. I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's just the truth. And it's the truth because... Most people don't listen to enough music to have good taste. And in some ways, taste just comes from, like, in, in when it comes to, like, clothes and things, it's usually just having money is, like, mm. where your taste comes from. But, like, when it comes to something like art and music, it, it takes time to develop a knowledge of what's good and what's bad. And so, so Peach, that job is already almost a suicide mission because you are playing to people who potentially do not appreciate music in the same way you do. Thank you. It was courageous. And afterwards I got some good feedback. So, so Shag. Okay. I, we got to three songs and I had a fourth queued up. So, so would, like, would you like to hear where we went? Desperate. Okay. Firstly, um, I had in mind this was going to be a crowd pleaser that would direct where we go. It was the Charlie XCX and Christine and the Queen's New Shapes. Oof. The what you want. Oh. Mm -mm, I yeah. ain't got it. Yeah. And so happily, these are not deep music people, but they're people who dance. And I was like, okay, cool. So that like everyone was like, well, what's this? I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then I was like, I know where I'm going now. Things are very, very loud. We need some Timberland from 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So we did Dirt Off Your Shoulder. That's oh, probably my favorite Timberland hit beat. After hit. And then the third one that got the most positive feedback of like, oh, you really know your music. And I was like, no, no, I just listened to Shag's playlist. Was the T on Wayne IFTK from earlier oh. this year. You know, in for the kill, they're coming in yeah. for the kill. Peach, peach, And so I wheeled out Shag, Shag-inspired hit after hit, just completely leaning on your music taste. And I was panicking that it would be a longer drive. I was like, not sure I've got seven or eight <laughs> songs in me. <laughs> the, next, the next I would have gone to would have been Panda, the designer song from like oh, five yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, what's, you know what's weird? Tell me. I pulled that out to a room full of 20-somethings the other mm. night being like, this would have hit at a formative time in the lives of people who are dancing right now, it hasn't really been played much in the last couple of years. So it's had that time and it was such a moment when it came out. So it's had that time mm. to reverse its played out nature and it totally hit Peach. Like Panda would have been gold. 
So then I can tell you how things would have started going downhill. I was like, oh, fuck, who's that, like, 1738 guy who's, like, the Remy boys from, like, 2015. Oh, 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 Betty Wap, Betty (laughs) Wap. Yeah, I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, okay. And so I had some real fails lined up that I was like, oof, it's lucky we didn't go too much (laughs) further down this playlist because I don't think Fetty Wap is going to age particularly well. So I was like, look, I'm pleased to sign out when everyone's like, Peach, you did it again. Three songs that were pretty good. There you go. So, Shag, I'm pleased to get your stamp of approval. Uh, you, you know, part of this show is uh, you presenting media to me for me to comment on and you're asked to discuss together, and I'm I'm pleased to bring you some media to reflect on as well. Well, Peach, I've got something to share with you because it's Boxing mm-hmm. Day. You know, yes. we're still in the holiday spirit, mm. and I've got a holiday Christmas present for you. Yes. Fucking fun. Oh, is it the Bugsy Malone shoe? It's not the Bugsy Malone shoe. <laughs> but they are <laughs> so still in pleased. stock. They are still in stock. No, I, I've just been away mm. in Jakarta for a month. Mm. And as part of my role, like I mentor a bunch of young creatives. And one of the things mm. I always say when you're on holidays, even though I wasn't really on holiday, I was working, but it was kind of a holiday. Mm. I always say, don't, don't plan to do heaps of creative work there. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to use my break to do all of this creative work, Mm. but record the epiphanies you have. Because when you take a break from your work Mm. and you let your brain just put things together in your head, you're going to have all these amazing creative epiphanies. And it's really important to be ready for them and capture them before they go. Um, Great advice. And I had that during this four-week work trip in Jakarta and a little bit in Bali. And so today, Peach, Merry Christmas. I'm going to read to you the Wikipedia synopsis of Spooko Studios' (gasps) charcuterie. (laughs) It's a Boxing Day miracle. Shag, this is so exciting. I better get a rushes. Should I get a rushes? You should get a rushes. All right, give me 90 seconds in this motherfucker. I cannot believe it. Oh, I don't know if you're going to put this in the episode. Shag, like, you're, you're a great character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. Oh, my God. I'm a little bit flustered. Uh, okay. Okay, I'll be back. I'll get, I'll, I'll get a beer. Woohoo. So just a couple of initial concerns. And I think the selfish one is one I should lean into first. (laughs) I'm pretty concerned that I can now take zero credit for charcuterie if you wrote it entirely yourself. And that's a worry, Shaq. Well, Peach, I've changed the story (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So there was this this marketer who went to Jakarta, right? (laughs) Stephen King style. Stephen King style. It's now about you. Rashes, what's up? Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll settle down. Okay. Sometimes I tune out during some of these plots, as I think you you know. (laughs) I'm not going to tune out during this one. Like a classic spookoism that's worth listening back to. If Mm. if, if over the holiday period you've got a break and you, like, want to 
actually listen to the rest of the series. Mm. Whenever Peach says "I'm with you," it usually means he's not paying attention. It's just <laughs> it's your it's your battle rap filler to be like, "Yeah, I'm." I just yeah. want you to feel like I'm paying attention. What's the line? Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> All right. Okay. So. Okay. Caveat. Okay. So. Obviously, this is inspired by some things I saw or experienced while I was overseas. In fact, while I was in Jakarta, while I was in Bali, and also earlier this year, we went to a family holiday to Fiji, which is a Pacific Island nation a couple of hours mm. away from Australia. I thought I'd fucked up our hot streak by mentioning it the other week. Like, we're, like we are, like, what the fuck is up? Has any podcast been this good? One of the amazing things as well about this podcast is I think we've developed... Mm. Uh, like a viewpoint on the sort of art we want to make. We've also developed a viewpoint on what makes a horror film. So hopefully this work truly is a work of the two of us. I also, I just basically just, you know, word vom- I hate that phrase, but I can't think of another. Mm. Word vomited this onto page and a half in a Google mm. Doc. I haven't actually read it since I put it all down. So hopefully it makes sense. I love it. Doesn't need to make sense. Okay, cool. All right. So I think I, I if I remember correctly, Tess was the owner of the resort, right? Of the, I think her name was Tess. Yeah, look, Tess sounds great. That works well. Okay. I don't know of any famous Tesses that sort of it steps on, like Tess of the Durbervilles doesn't really exist, does it? In, yeah, look, and, and, and names can all change. Names are hard, yeah, as we know. Yes. So we begin with Tess, the owner of an exclusive island resort. Now, initially I was like, Indonesia has like thousands of islands. Maybe we can just set it on an Indonesian island. But I was also, I kind of mm. like the idea of it's a little bit of an unnamed island. Okay. Now, she's lying face down for a massage. She's loudly talking on the phone via AirPods to an unknown conversant that she's had a hell of a week. After the masseur instructs her to turn onto her back and lays a towel across her eyes before leaving the room. Okay, so this happened. We, 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 we did this, like, family holiday package mm. to a family resort in Bali. And as mm. part of it, like mom and dad got a massage. And there's a point in the massage where I was lying on my back with like a towel across my eyes. And I was like, wow, I'm fucking vulnerable. And that was like an epiphany moment to be like, oh, this is like a kill scene straight up. So, so Tess, as Tess is lying there with the towel across her eyes, somebody repeatedly and graphically stabs her in the face through the towel. Shag, is this film told in flashback? So... Okay. There's no, I mean, there's, there's some time jumping a little bit. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's do it. We then meet a designer couple. Now I didn't have a name for them. So I just called them X and Y. I think we need to come up with some good names for X and Y. Shag, like my genuine secret is we'll spend eight or nine minutes just browsing recent legal decisions (laughs) and recent like family law decisions. And we'll see lots of surnames buzz down there. We'll be fine. I promise. Okay. So can we just call them X and Y at the moment? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So... We then meet a designer couple. Do they have genders or ages or well, like I mean, where do we place them? Just because of my like boring hetero brain, I imagine them as like a cis couple, but they could like they honestly do not need to be. Okay, cis couple between the age of thirty and forty-five, yeah. X and Y, and and like you know, coolsy to the point where they would travel for food experiences they read about on like you know Gourmet Traveler or whatever, right? Sick. So they're at the small airport of an unnamed island. They are waiting for their driver having been warned not to trust the local taxi drivers. And again, this is a thing that comes up whenever you travel around Southeast Asia. People are genuinely like, don't trust the locals. They'll, they're going to scam you. Uh, and But who's saying that? Isn't it locals saying that? So the idea is 
like th- this will be revealed in conversation that okay. they've been told probably by the hotel not to trust the locals and only trust their driver who will take them to the resort. Okay. In an imposing Hummer, their driver takes them across the island through local towns before arriving at the resort. Thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. Have they got a new job? Has one of them got a new job when they get home or anything? Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, shag, you've thought of everything. They pass through a checkpoint of heavily armed guards checking the car and the luggage. This is something that happens in every Jakarta, like, hotel and shopping center. It's like Mm. the cars check for bombs. Like, it's kind of wild. Anyway, so the long driveway into the resort passes by a series of premium pig farms before arriving at an incredibly lavish beachfront resort that is in stark contrast to the towns they pass through on their way to get there. Nice. A sort of chic but not gaudy, like classy but not gaudy style. Yeah, Like clearly money. It's that it's the sort of taste that comes with money rather than the taste that comes with expertise. I'm with you. If that makes sense. They are met at the front desk by Tess, who explains she meets all her guests and welcomes them to the resort because it's kind of a boutique experience. Are we, are we confused that this is someone who we've seen stabbed in the face? Are we like, oh, okay. We're so, so, or yeah. are we three weeks earlier? At this or point, we... like we, we assume that we must be in the past. Okay. She explains the guards as a necessary precaution to the fact that outside the resort, people can be desperate and hostile to foreigners, but inside it's paradise. I'm probably being a bit heavy-handed here, but it's a horror movie. I'm comfortable. Okay, all right. It's Avatar season. We can do heavy-handed film marketing. <laughs> it's Avatar season. <laughs> Filmmaking, let's do it. As they make their way to their room, it's clear there is tension between the couple. As it is revealed, they recently suffered a miscarriage, not, not their first. Not losing a child. Yeah, okay. Not their first, and we're using this trip to try and take their minds off it and begin the journey to trying again. I, I don't need to go into it, but but Shag, do we do we be cautious about that experience? That's a personal, like I don't know. We'll have to treat that gently and respectfully. Mm. A- absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, but I also think it's one of those things where mm. it's something that that happens more often than you it does. Think. Yeah, it really does, and it's something that mm. it is a taboo that people don't talk about. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's 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 and it's it's a properly difficult, harrowing experience. Just to add a bit of levity after that, um, The Economist is like our prediction for 2023 is that like wellness, like pop pop culture wellness talk is going to include more about sex. And it's like, okay, Economist, just relax. And it's like, no. <laughs> Whoever wrote that was so horny. Because yeah. also sex positivity has been around for ages. Like the new generation are super sex positive. And like not even like we love having sex, they're just open about it. I wouldn't know. I'm old, so <laughs> I'd still drop pants. Sorry, I didn't make, need to make you uncomfortable with my sex positivity talk page. Although, like, 150 episodes ago, we mentioned sex in passing, and that was, like, three years ago. <laughs> it is an interestingly sexless podcast, though. Someone raised that with me, and I was like, I think that's good. Anyway, sorry, this is a different chat for a different time. I think one of the reasons, and, and I really try to avoid any horror films that involve like sexual violence, Mm. especially in the eighties, there was a lot of that. Mm. And I think potentially it's rubbed off in the fact that it's just a little weird and it's a little problematic to talk about sex around like violence when it's often violence towards women. Like, like it's a very problematic part of horror and it's probably, Mm. it's probably me subconsciously just trying to avoid that. 
I think it's also your very wise point about Jack Harlow. It's like, hmm, I wonder what two heterosexual white guys have to say about sex. Oh, let's get their let's get their viewpoint on what they think's cool. It's like mm, we've had that viewpoint enough for a few millennia now. Who gives a shit? So again, like like back to DJ talk. Obviously, mm. like I like Jack Harlow. I DJ a bit of his stuff, but every now and mm. then you'll listen to it. Like you'll play a song and you'll be like, oh, I'm never playing that again. He has this song where he samples Fergie's Glamorous. And the chorus is like, I can put you in first class. Mm. And I'm like, this is fun. This is cool. And mm. then there's this line in the first verse that completely, like, you know how like sometimes a mm. line, a word can just completely ruin a song and then sometimes yep. an artist, right? You know, you know this. I'm sure you've got an example of that right now. Mm. This is J. Cole on that Jeremiah track when he says, my dick's so big it's like a foot is in your mouth. And it's like, oh, J. Cole. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, so it's on a similar vein. And this is why it's like you don't want to hear us talk about sex, but you especially don't want to hear Jack Harlow be like, I drink pineapple juice. And then he's like, so he's like, so I've got oh, sweet, no. sweet, sweet semen. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't. Like, you can't. Like, I talked about how, like, the new generation is sex positive. That's just gross. That's like 13-year-old <laughs> boy on the internet gross. Like, that's like... Don't put that in a song. But just how is it interesting is the other thing. <laughs> of like, why is that cool? Like, guess what I'm doing <laughs> and guess why. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, Jack And, like, pineapple juice is already, like, a bit, like, it's just a bit, inf- like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I love sweet things, but I'm just a bit, like, I'm not going to brag about drinking pineapple juice. But also, and the reason I do... <laughs> And as if he's tasted his own cum. Like, that's actually interesting if he was like, hey, I've done some experiments. So, yeah, like, if he does mm. the experiment, then I'm with that. Because then you're right. Like, he, he can never truly know. But if he rapped about that, if he was like, guys, weird story. Had a week, no pineapple juice. Gave it a try. Didn't like it. Had a week, full pineapple juice. And yeah, if yeah, he documented awesome. that in the song. And that's like, interesting. Yeah. Then I want to know. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Put that in first class. Put that in first class. You do have a lot of privacy in first class. So <laughs> And you can lie down. <laughs> so This is our best episode ever. I'm having the best time. Fuck, I can't believe we're doing charcuterie. I know, right? Shark, all right, all right. So get mind. this, so get this. Yeah, okay, sorry, in sorry. the room is a welcome package from Tess featuring two perfect slices of her world famous charcuterie, uh, made from the premium pigs feeding on tropical plant life to create an inimitable flavor. Inimitable inimitable Table in- and inimitable, yeah. In- well, done. yeah, that, that flavor, mm. right? It's a real Jack Harlow sort of flavor. I- <laughs> drink lots of pineapple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a cheap shot. Cheap shot. As they eat, unseen, they are watched from the shadows by a figure wearing a pig's head. Okay, cool. Let's do it. They spend the day at the hotel. And we see shots of armed guards patrolling, as well as the clearly well-off families enjoying themselves and playing. Yeah, okay, we're doing some nice class, sort of, yeah, yeah, cool class tension. X and Y are seen to look longingly at the kids, even though the kids are, like, some of them are okay, but some of them are clearly being, like, little shitheads. That evening, they attend a cultural show put on by the local villagers in the main convention hall. Mm. And these these happen, right? And I, like you mm. know, we we saw one of these, and like on the one hand, I'm like, 
I think it's really good that these resorts in these places like do something that that potentially mm. like gives back and pays the local community. But on the mm. other hand, it feels weird to watch people's histories or beliefs as a dinner show. Like it, there's there's yep. there's it's a it's a strange thing, right? And I think it's worth going into in in charcuterie. So they attended- I had the best version, Shag. Sorry, we went to Fiji earlier this year. And I had the best potential version that I still regret of like, you know, like we're staying in a reasonably bougie Fijian island and the sort of local cultural presentation was on a couple of times and you go and you'd be respectful and go amazing, you know, well done. But we didn't end up going, like each island has a team represented in the local rugby sevens comp played on the mainland. And we didn't go because we were going and I was like, oh, that would be the cultural mm. thing I'd love to go to. I'd love to go see the rugby sevens team from each island going and playing together and be like cheering and seeing how culture is done, not as a performance, but as a lived experience. Anyway, I'm interrupting to agree. I'm having the best time. But yeah, and I guess my thing is it's like, mm. it was one of those things where it's like, I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad I paid for it. Mm. It was it was entirely interesting. But then the whole, the still the whole experience felt a bit weird, right? And I, mm. I think it just does when you do these things. Um. Anyway, so... They watch this cultural show and it's a dance that tells the story of the local, you know, like boogeyman sort of, the local legend, a monster with a pig's head that punishes disobedient children by eating them. Yes. Tess's charcuterie is carved and served at the end of the meal as a special treat. One time you ate pork for dessert. Do you remember that at Mama Fuka Sayaba? Oh, my God. I feel like this is like this can be a riff on that, Jack. This is exciting. After the show, an annoying family we met before by the pool are attacked and brutally murdered by Piggy. I haven't thought about what all the deaths will be. Mm. And I think we probably don't see the kids murdered. I think we probably see the parents murdered and we see the kids murdered off screen. But they are all killed. How do pigs kill? They sort of gore, don't well, they? Well, no, Pig, a but Piggy is, a, Piggy is a human wearing a pig's head. Yeah. Sorry, I, I guess I was thinking there could be something thematic, but um, sorry for interrupting. So Tess decides to keep things hushed to not disturb the other guests, but secretly orders her armed guards to search and intimidate the nearby local town, assuming it was someone from there. Mm. Over the course of the next couple of nights, Piggy attacks and brutally kills more families, each with bratty kids. And again, this is, this is classic Wikipedia synopsis where it's like, there's going to be like, this is the gory section where scary things happen. Nice. And obviously we're going to see more of X and Y here and we're going to see Tess here, but there's a few more deaths. Yeah, we're going to march towards Act 3. I get it. Now the guests find out what's happening when led by X and Y at the breakfast buffet, the guests start opening chafing dishes, the chafing dishes where they keep the hot stuff mm. to reveal a series of severed heads. Okay. Which I think is a fun, okay. like... That's a pretty fun, and like it causes utter pandemonium. Resort goes into a frenzy. Tess orders a lockdown by like, you know, getting her armed guards, which is basically a little militia, and just being like, everybody, something's going on, invites the guests into a convention hall to give an update. Mm. She then explains. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So the heads are not deliberately placed there, but they're, they're a criticism of Tess. They're a problem for Tess. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. they yes, weren't from Tess. They were put together by mm. whoever this thing is. So. Yes. She explains that the locals think pigs are sacred and have never accepted her resort. And now keep in mind, she's saying this, right? This is according to her, the locals mm. are superstitious and think pigs are sacred and have never accepted her resort for that reason. And things have now essentially, you know, come to boiling point. 
but her guards are working with local authorities, which she knows well, to catch the perpetrator. Not being able to leave the resort, we now have those shots of the armed guards by the pools, but they're now empty with, you know, most families retreating to their rooms as the resort is now empty and there's probably like storm clouds overhead rather than it being sunny as well. I don't know. Nice, yes, yes. X, meanwhile, because they don't have kids, remember, they don't necessarily feel the need to just stay in their room. So X is shaken by his discovery at the buffet because he discovered one of the heads, or he or she, depending on who we decide X is, Mm. and slips back into his dormant alcoholism, relapsing and getting drunk at the still very open hotel bar. He's slumping, like, they're, they're slumping on the bar, but they're woken to the sound of gunshots, and over here his guards say they have killed Piggy. Kind of with it, but kind of quite drunk, wanders off to the beach in a stupor and sort of disappears mm. into, into the woods. That evening, mm. Tess announces a reopening feast to which all guests are invited. While X was drinking, Y was investigating the local town online and discovered the real tensions were because one of the resort's hummers had recently crashed into a local house, killing the family and child inside but the driver in the resort escaped any punishment due to her corrupt connections with the local Sick. government. Local, yep, good, good. Realising they haven't seen X since breakfast and fearing for their safety, Y goes off to investigate. Now, in the final act, we see two concurrent scenes playing side by side. At the feast, we watch the guests enjoy delicacy after delicacy, watching another cultural show, while Y, meanwhile, finds their way into the staff part of the resort, looking for X, is spotted by guards who respond hostilely, and Y, kind of knowing that things aren't right, takes refuge in what we now see as the slaughterhouse. While we watch the guests gorge themselves on an extra-large helping of Tessa's charcuterie, Y finds a door labelled charcuterie. Hearing footsteps, Y pushes their way inside, to see three hanging hogs with their bellies sliced open but clipped close. Y approaches one and opens it, only to fall back in horror when they realise what is inside, screaming as the door behind them opens. Out of focus, we hear Y gets shot by the guards, as a human baby's leg can be seen hanging limply from the pig's belly. Sick and gross. Yes, well done. Okay. Well, uh, okay, so so obviously, so, so to explain, obviously Tess has been using kids from, like, underprivileged, like, communities around her, like, essentially finding ways to capture these kids and turning them into this incredible charcuterie because as looking up, looking up about human flesh, it's probably going to taste a bit like pork, but it'll taste different. But also veal is prized for its This would be like veal, veal yeah. is, so it's basically so it's basically like incredibly rare veal charcuterie that she's making and she's disguising it by having this pig farm, by, you know, saying there's tensions with the locals, by creating these things. And we assume that one of these locals was probably someone who knows what's going on and was basically like being like, You're all in it, you're all eating babies. I'm gonna kill you all. Right? So there's a there's Jay, a bit going on, dark. but I think it's I think it I think there's something to it, Peach. What did you think of Spooko Studios presents charcuterie? Oh, is that it? That's it. That's the end. Yeah, I, like it's really dark. Shake like this is. 
I've given you feedback on stuff you've done the entire way through this podcast, and sadly, my feedback is pretty unconstructive because I'm like, Shag's fucking done it again. (laughs) 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 This is the best thing you've done. This is number one for me. I mean, the rug pull at the end... I mean, this is a treatment, and, and I think, and I think the idea is like they're kept. Sorry, this is so gross, but they're kept within mm. the pigs to like conserve, but but pig, to hide pig it, them up but to bit. pick them up mm. a bit as well, right? Like and, mm. baking them yeah, up a bit. And, yeah, I and get it. I, like it's a turducken yeah, style. Yeah, and I yeah, think I it. it. I think it works. And like the idea that you've watched people, like you know, because like you've watched people eat, like and just like be like, mm, yum yum, and like the yum, end would be yeah. like families and kids be like, oh, yum yum yum, this is so delicious. That's like good. I mean, we get a half decent director, half decent cinematographer, and a very good sound designer, and that's just game over. Surely you're oh. <laughs> eating the charcuterie. And it's like, ah, enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, Shag, that's an eleven out of ten. And 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 just then, if we edge back to practical, what's it called? Chat Chat GPT. Yeah. Well, in fact, I've been goofing around with it. So what we do is we put it in to be like turn this page and a half Google Doc into an eighty-page script. Done. And Chat JBT will do it for us, and we won't have to credit it. Do we have to credit it? Uh, I think legally we do. Like a lot of those AI, a lot of those AI programs actually own the images you create, and it's in their T's and C's, which I think is really interesting and probably going to create some I- issues in the future as people more and more use AI. Like, I mean, you know, legally AI creativity is going to be a minefield mm. of legalities, right? Like that's going to be really be good fun. Um, mm. But you like the reason why I wanted to make this your Christmas mm. present this year, Paige, is because, you know, we talk about creativity quite a bit on this podcast. And mm. the thing about ideas is it's like once you do them, you're free to go on to another idea. So for 2023, I'm really excited to work out what the next Spooker Studios Presents movie is. Is it going to be Kinder? I still think Kinder has legs to be something amazing. And, I mean, look, I don't want to be typecast as the studio that kills heaps of babies. But, <laughs> but it's still a, like but, a childcare centre is still a creepy place to set a horror movie. Look, a bit of English folk horror thrown in, a bit of Australian white anxiety, feeling bad, terrenalious, fucking Ooh. always was, always will be type Ooh, themes. Oh, yes which I do not want us to be doing fucking awkward shit. And, uh, but, but I think a nice bit of like white presence in Australia, uh, not awesome type scenario, I, I think could be good. English folk horror. Yeah. Transplanted could be good fun. Uh, but, but Chuck, Ch- it's my favorite film. It's the best <laughs> episode we've done. It's the best synopsis we've done. Did, but but did you gripped. pay attention the whole way through? I paid attention the whole way through. In preparation for today, I was like, what are the horror tropes? And I've only got three here, uh, and none of them turn out to be relevant, so we don't need to go into them. I think that is taken directly from Scream, but I'll just hit you. Uh, like, the the problem is a lawyer's drafted them, I think. So they're, like, qualified. So the first one is you may not survive the movie if you have sex. And it's like, cool. Well, I may not survive the week if I have sex. Like, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Oh, wait, you wait, may not wait. survive. So a lawyer's drafted them so, like, they can't be held accountable for, like, anything yeah, that exactly. happens? Yeah, exactly. They're qualified. Like, mm, fucking maybe you will, maybe you won't. <laughs> no, go on, go on. Okay, so, so that's number one. You may not survive the week if you have sex. Gotcha. 
Uh, look, so that rule I think is taken from Asang Boring and it gets worse from there and less fun. <laughs> you may not survive the movie if you drink or do drugs. Similarly, I may not survive the week or the day if I do those. You may not survive the movie if you say, I'll be right back, hello, or who's there. I expect none of those things happen. Shag, um, this is the best episode we've done. Charcuterie was a thought we came up with, I think, on, a, on or around the farm episode, which I think is on or around episode 101, 102. Mm-hmm. Um, which is on or around like a year and a half ago. And so it's been marinating around. You've come out, smashed it out of the park. We'll get chat GBT to knock out the script. We'll then sell it for an infinite amount of money, probably over $100. And then we'll just funnel that, funnel that money straight back into Spooko Studios. It's exciting. And happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Spooko this year. Mm. We'll see you in 2023. Yeah. We've already recorded Oh, oh yeah. Episode. It's fucking sick. <laughs> we have actually, it's really good. <laughs> blip, 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 blip. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?